questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight we bring you someone many of you have requested for many years. I'm referring to Dr. Bill Teagle, a controversial figure in the genre of alternative health and parapolitics. Dr. Deagle can discuss any topic under the sun. He speaks fast, erudite. Some people tell me they have to slow down the audio in order for them to understand and to get the information to sink in when they listen to him. I decided to finally bring him on because he certainly has a lot to discuss. And part two is filled with truth bombs. Dr. Deagle means well, has a very colorful personality. Among many topics, we discuss DNA biochip, the real mark of the beast, history of cataclysms, and what may be coming, designer viruses and pandemics, and more. Stay with us and listen to both parts, especially part two. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Fabregas. Dr. Bill Deagle is a host with Michelle Deagle of the Nutri-Medical Report. He teaches in the Academy of Anti-Aging and Environmental Medicine, presenting papers and research on topics from functional metabolic anti-aging medicine to radiotoxicology. His background includes biochemistry, nuclear physics, oceanographic bacterial genetics, and training in family, internal, emergency, trauma, burn, and surgical, as well as intensive care medicine. He has worked as a physician with government research on Operation Topoff and Dark Winter in Colorado, on radiological and bioterrorism prevention and logistics response planning. Dr. Deagle has had high-level security clearance to work at classified projects as a physician for technicians and scientists, as well as military officers, special forces, and the special munitions chemical forensics team that examined the Alfred P. Murrah building after the bombing at Oklahoma City in 1995. His experience as a physician for military and U.S.-based command, NORAD, and advanced special projects have given him a new perspective in terms of clandestine projects and the need for bioprotection of U.S. and world populations. His website is NutriMedical.com. Dr. Bill Deagle joins us directly from Southern California. Hello, Dr. Deagle, and welcome to Veritas. Welcome. I want to start off with a prayer. Um, uh, the things you're going to hear today may shock you uh, intellectually and spiritually, but I want you to do three things. The first thing I want you to do is open up your heart and uh, be willing to ask questions that take you out of your uh, current paradigm. 
Number two, I want you to pray on what you hear, to hear uh, the Urim and Thummim stones and everyone's soul like the breastplate of the high priest to tell you if it's true or not. Don't believe everything you hear, but when you pray on it, you believe your soul when it tells you if it's true, even if it's shocking. And number three, once you hear the truth, to take action. Take action intellectually, prayerfully, and in legally and otherwise, because we are at the time of the end of secular human history on Earth, and there's a transition to a new age, a new world, and the human race and the human civilization is about to transition to become a galactic civilization. And I am a forerunner of that, and I'm going to explain things to people today. And you can ask me a question on any area of human activity on Earth, medicine, science, technology, geopolitics, spirituality, and above top secret. And even if I'm not trained in that area, God will inspire me to give you a breakdown of the problem instantly and an answer to almost any problem you have or issue with technology and issues and an enlightenment, I call it a geopolitical, intellectual, and spiritual manna to save our population of humans on earth, to save our governments on earth, to serve the Most High God, and to save the human race as we head toward an apocalypse of destruction and death as the terminator of the human race is here to end the ability of us to transition to become a galactic civilization. So today, your eyes are going to be open like you've never heard before. You're going to hear things today that you never could imagine could exist on earth, but someone like me has to show up because this is the end of the age that Jesus, God incarnate, came on earth. There's not three gods, there's one. God, Jesus, is the Father in the flesh, Yahashua HaMashiach, that's what it means. It doesn't mean there's three gods, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. Jesus is God incarnate. And you have to understand, who is Dr. Bill Deagle? Well, I'm just going to give a little bit of a, a history of who I am. I was de delivered 68 years ago on February 15th, which is five minutes after midnight at Providence Hospital in, in uh, Detroit, Michigan, by Dr. Ollie's dead on arrival. I was covered with a golden veil. They put me in a little transfer to the morgue, and I came back. And they said, well, he'll probably die in the ICN, and I didn't. Eight and a half years later, I was playing, of course, as most kids do. And I was at, my mother is, of course, from North Dakota, Fargo. My father was from Canada, so I was raised in Truro. And a French surgeon decided to cut an artery in my throat with a guillotine when he was trying to take out my tonsil. I remember floating up, up the, above the operating room table and trying to talk to the doctors and nurses. And I was always a very inquisitive kid. I started to cause parents and adults to cringe at my questions, even though I was three and four. So I talked to them, and they didn't answer me. So I started walking toward the operating room doors. And before you know it, I turned right, and I could see the nursery. And the babies were real quiet. They're all bound real tight. But then one started crying, and all of them. And all of a sudden, everything felt like I was being scrunched through a pinhole, and crimson intersecting lines surrounded me. And I was flying down this tunnel of light so fast it was hurting my arms and legs. I thought, my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm in pain. And I cried, where am I? And all of a sudden, I appeared to slow down, and I was in a place of clouds. And across in a place of clouds, when a, chasm, a cloud chasm appeared in a little wooden bridge, was Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua Jesus, God in the flesh. And he appeared as a tall man, over six foot, very slim, big muscles, big hands. Uh, you could tell he had a white tunic on with a broad golden sash and a double-corded belt over his middle, a golden margin on it, and he had sandals on that, that looked like sandals, but they shone like brass. He had, he had holes in his wrists and ankles, and he had his beard pulled out in chunks and vertical lines over his large forehead. And he had his beard pulled out in chunks like he'd been tortured. And he looked at me with these kind of large greenish eyes. He had a, 
a very, what do you call it? He looked like a, a, if you want to call it like a Viking with an olive colored skin. And I said to him, and of course I spoke to him telepathically. I said, where am I? And I would put my hand on the wooden bridge and I was about to cross over. And as I was about to cross, he said, do not cross over. The silver cord will break. I said, what is that? He said, I'll bring it into your imagination. I saw as I went down the tunnel of light, there was a silver cord that went, he said, from my pineal gland that connects your physical body to your soul and the hyperdimensional plane of consciousness. And I said, well, I said, where am I? He said, you're at the gates of paradise and heaven. Nothing evil can come here. And everything you think is. And I said, can you show me? And all of a sudden, he's holding my hand. And we're flying over the Golden City and going through the landscapes and eating amazing fruits and foods and seeing the beautiful landscape and animals. He brought me to tens of thousands of worlds. And I'm now, this year, permitted to start talking about this. I didn't tell the nuns when I came back out of isolation because when I had my tonsillectomy, here's what happened. As I finished my exposure to all these tens of thousands of worlds, which if it would lineal time would be equivalent to being with God for 500 years. I know things no other humans ever talked about, written about, wrote a poem about, or anything in human history. And I've hidden that knowledge for 60 years. I told some of the things I was told that I was permitted to talk about. One of them was, for example, one I told the nuns when I came out of isolation after my recovery, which was very close to death. And what happened is I said, look, uh, he, he looked at me and he said, well, I've shown you all these things and I'm back on my side of the clouds and he's on his side. I said, he said, well, what do you want to do? And he's speaking to me telepathically. I think, well, I, I, he said, you want to go back? I said, oh, I love heaven. I love being with you, God. I love you, God. He said, that's good. He said, but he looked disappointed. Like I, I he said, well, I want to do the right thing. He said, I'll show you. And all of a sudden he didn't appear as Yeshua Jesus. He appeared as the father. And he had a blue talisman. Now, remember, I'm of Hebrew descent, of Hebrew and Kohanim descent. And I'll get into that in a moment. But all of a sudden, I'm about 400 miles above the earth. My little Johnny shirt spattered with blood. And he had blood spattered on his on his blue talus with the purple tassels. And he appeared to the father with white hair. And he pointed toward the earth. And I heard a voice behind us that said, Behold the voice of the seven thunders. And I looked down and I could see fireballs rising off the earth. I said, oh, great, a light show. I thought he's going to show me something cool. And he looked at me really angry, like, you don't get a kid. I think, oh, better be quiet. And I heard another behold, and all of a sudden, they turned into mushroom clouds, especially over the lower 48 United States. I saw tsunamis striking the coast at a mile high. I saw buildings falling like dominoes. I saw mothers slitting the throats of their children so they wouldn't live another day. I saw human cannibalism. I saw horrors as magma opened up in the oceans and giant clouds rose. I saw a shroud crossing the course horizon and like a meteor storm striking the earth. And I was crying so hard because I saw these horrors of death and destruction and people literally holding up their hands in a flash of light. All of a sudden, they would disappear into a vapor cloud. Their cells would instantly turn into dust as they exploded with superheated steam. And I cried, so why do you show me this? It makes me cry right now, and I think. And he swung around, and he held my little hands in his big hands. And he said, at the time of the end, you will know. And you will tell my people. And all of a sudden, I'm back on my side of the clouds, and he's on his side. He said, what is your decision? And I said, I love you so much, God. I want to do your will. He said, no, if you go back and you do evil, I will destroy you. I will annihilate you. And I said, I love you so much, God. I will go back in spite of the danger of losing my place in your eternal kingdom. 
And he started to cry. And he said, not since your ancestor Moshe, because I'm a blood descendant, has anybody said to me, take my name from the book of life, and for this reason, when you do evil, I will shake your ugly human carcass and make you a son again and a servant. And I said, may your will be done, God. And all of a sudden, the silver cord became like a taut wire. I remember flying down the tunnel of light and waking up with an ether max shoved in my face. And 18 hours later, I came out of coma with blood going in me because I was I bled to death. And I was kept in isolation at home. I couldn't even leave my bedroom hardly for three months. So I told the nuns. I, they told the Monsignor. I told the Archbishop. And they sent it on to the Vatican. So when I graduated from medical school in 1977 from Dalhousie in Halifax, Nova Scotia, a sister of Harvard, the Vatican sent a priest to invite me to become a, a doctor for the Pope and the Cardinals. And you have to understand who Deagle is. My ancestor 2,800 years ago was a lineal blood descendant of the only Kohenim line of the 24 families were direct blood descendants of Moses. And when they were in captivity in Esfahan, which is near the Bashar reactor right now, Esfahan, which is the capital of media, my ancestor married the daughter of the king of the Medes, and in honoring the tribe, he took on their tribal name and changed the name of the family to the Naimas, N-E-I-M-A. And so the Naami, which became later the Magi, these are the astrologers that actually knew about the coming of Yeshua, were my ancestors that gave the gifts to Yeshua, my ancestor was also one of the members of the Sanhedrin with Joseph Arimathea as his friend, who is the uncle of Mary. So that my ancestor 2,000 years ago in the Sanhedrin received a written, a verbal prophecy directly from Yeshua, because he was a believer in Yeshua being God in the flesh, that one of their descendants would become a prophet as Moses at the time of the end of secular history and would raise and become a Lamed to bring other prophets together and apostles, the last 12, because the first 12 were the ones that he found in the last 12, he would bring a mosaic prophet to bring the last 12 together before his coming back to marry the human race and make us the queen of the heavens. Not heaven in eternity, but the heavens of all the galaxies. And that prophecy was passed through my family for 2,000 years, and 100 years ago, my uncle, Michael, who owned a publishing house in Beirut, published the allegory based on this written prophecy passed through my family called Khalil Gibran's book, The Prophet. Now, I heard about this when I was 14, just months after I had been attacked by a priest because I was a high altar boy in the Catholic Church, serving mass six days a week. He tried to rape me in the vestment room. He's a big boy, six foot six, come back for missions. So I punched him in the stomach and ran. And when I got home, my father beat me unconscious for saying that the priest would do this to me. So I wouldn't go to church, but I knew God was real because I had a personal experience when I was eight. So what people have to understand who is, my uncle told me this, my grandfather's oldest brother about this ancient document passed through my family. This was anonymous. And I said, well, I didn't know this was all really, or I had a calling until 1985 because I had been bought my practice in 1980 from the Mormon prophet's daughter's husband's brother. So I had 22,500 Mormons in Calgary, Alberta. Now, I had training in internal medicine and family medicine. I'd done every kind of surgery you can imagine, worked in the intensive care, etc. And so in 1980, when I bought my practice, I went directly from residency, directly into practice with 22,500 Mormons. I took care of the Temple Mormons in Calgary, which has about 10% of the population of Calgary are Mormon. 
I also got to have direct contact with the high-level Mormons in Salt Lake City. People may or may not know this, but the Salt Lake City Temple has an actual altar and throne room for Satan in the in the uh, throne room, and they are doing human sacrifice. People need to know this. Every high-level Mormon is a high-level Mason that worships Lucifer. Okay, you have to know that's the truth. It's not a delusion. And I've I had studied the, you know, the Pearl of Great Price and the uh, and the all the Mormon doctrine, doctrine and covenants, etc. So I understand everything. In fact, what they I was taught enough to actually be given a temple recommend, and they wanted to convert me to become a stake bishop because they knew the uh, they knew that there was something special about Deagle. The Deagle was going to do something that had not normal but superhuman abilities. Let me interject uh, for I, a second, if, if you don't mind. Does the common Mormon know about this? No, the common Mormon doesn't. They're just like the porch Catholic. We're Catholic, okay. A lot of Catholics are, are well-intentioned, they're good people, right. and they're often very pro-life. In fact, they're more pro-life than the most uh, average Protestants. Um, I'll give you a little bit of my story. When I first met my first wife, uh, Denise, within a month after we got married in the mid-'70s, she became very sick with stage five, very aggressive multiple sclerosis. And they gave her ACTH months later because she was so badly hit, it paralyzed her from the neck and she could only move her left arm. She became blind, unable to swallow properly. So I had to resuscitate her and pull her tongue out to prevent her from blocking her airway numerous times. And I literally had to carry her around or put her in a wheelchair. A month later, they told me she was pregnant. And if she didn't have an abortion, she was going to die just from the pregnancy alone. Now, I was pro-life. I was raised Catholic. But my professors, including my director of surgery, said, if you don't do it, she's just going to die. This is going to kill her. She's not even going to deliver a baby. She'll die from this because she's got the most aggressive MS pretty well we've ever seen. And so we cried and we passed, signed the papers, and she had an abortion. Now, I wanted to do research, at U and I was accepted at the Santa Monica VA Hospital and UCLA to do research in the World MS Tissue Brain Bank and Electron Microscopy Lab 42 years ago in 1978. And they said when I met Dr. Tortolot, I had the highest IQ of any candidate they'd ever had. It was measured in grade nine over 200, well over 200. So they said, we want you to run the World MS Tissue Brain Bank Electron Microscopy Lab, but they want you to work on a project with DARPA. Now, they're using technology we now call CRISPR, but they were going to take female fetuses and grow them in an artificial uterus and insert genes from actin myosins from jackals that are 12 times stronger than a human use a nanotech by a helmet to actually convert thoughts to onboard commands to bidirectional access to their hearing and sight, and to be able to actuate weapons by thought. They already had in Dr. They already had a, a machine in Dr. Tortolot's office that was a liquid nitrogen-cooled magnetronic helmet in F-14 fighter that was mocked up so we could fly the jet by thought and fire off ordinances by thought. This is already... MindLink was already available through DARPA back then. Are you talking about chimeras and biocomputers here? Yes. They were getting chimera female fetuses that would have the actin myosis genes of jackals. So a 140-pound female could carry a 500-pound backpack over 50 miles an hour and jump 50 feet and would have the reflexes of a jaguar in the sight of an eagle and would be covered by nanotech body armor and be connected to the cyborg warrior swarm. Now, because I had uh, numerous contacts back Many years ago, after this happened, okay, uh, what happened is and I, I turned them down. I said, no way am I going to do this research. So I turned down working with Dr. Tortolot at UCLA and DARPA. 
but I was required to go to do a residency. My wife had gone with her sister to Calgary, Alberta, so I decided I'll go from Los Angeles where I was going to do my PhD. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.